to Dane or not to Dane? That is the question. And it's next on Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. We are free. We are available on all podcast platforms and apps, as well as on YouTube. Great chat there as well. Today, today or not today, we'll break down the three aspects to me on what it is about Dame Lillard and whether or not the Jazz should get involved. John Collins, I said he'd look better on Monday. Does he, in fact? And Jordan Clarkson, I'm surprised the Jazz have re-signed and extended Jordan Clarkson. I'll tell you why and see what you think. And do we need a point guard? Maybe not. Maybe the Jazz will turn the corner and the idea in John Stockton's town that you don't need a point guard is where the Jazz are going to go. Summer League starts today as well. That's all coming up on today's show. Thanks very much to all the everydayers who tune in each and every day. We appreciate you, and thank you so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. Let's get right into the Dame Lillard discussion and all of the free agency that has happened so far uh, in this. All right, first off, on Dame Lillard, the first question is what you think about his salary. So Dame Lillard's salary for the next year is $45.6 million. The next year is 48.8. Then it's 58.5. And then it's 63.3. And I made the comment, if you think he'll be great at 36, go for it. If you think you can get out of the last years, go for it. And Kevin Pelton added, if you think you're going to win a championship in the next two years, go for it. To me, on the Dame Lillard thing, there's no question it would make us better. But it doesn't really match to me where the timeline of the Utah Jazz are. So there's two things here that when I look at the Jazz and where they are timeline-wise. One is that I think the, the the I think there's always been a chance for two different timelines. In other words, we're trying to build a championship caliber team. Eventually, I think it takes a long time using the Cleveland, Minnesota, and draft assets, and eventually pouncing when something becomes available. At the same time, because Lowry Markkinen and Walker Kessler are so cheap right now, we have the ability, if we really wanted to, at least to for the next two years before you have to pay them more of the going rate, you could add some pieces and make a little run in the next two years. And then when Lowry and Walker get paid more, you then have to... you release whatever that is you added. And then hopefully by that point, Ochai, Taylor Hendricks, Keontae George have made a step forward, are ready to contribute. 
and then you are adding draft picks, three of them in 25, 26, 27, 28, 29. Like that's, you have those draft picks and you've kind of now under the next year. So I think that's a possibility. Four years on Dame doesn't totally match that. And so my viewpoint on Dame has always been like, that feels like that's just too much. Now, if you think Dame's going to age well, then you have a different opinion on it. But to me, that's always been the first where I've been super hesitant on doing anything for Dame Lillard. It's like, you know, I just am not sure that that truly matches where the Jazz are and what the Jazz are. The second question I think you have to ask yourself, and this gets into a little bit of like, okay, we have to put together some sort of a trade here, but let's just assume that since Portland has Anthony Simons and Scoot Henderson, that they would be doing this deal if they did it with the Jazz for the asset accumulation. So the Jazz, I'm assuming, to get the deal done would have to move either Sexton or Clarkson, probably Kelly Olenek, probably Taylor Horton Tucker, and that, I think, gets it done. And then you'd have to trade, I'm just guessing, either Ochai Abaji or one of your three draft, probably Taylor Hendricks or Keontae George, and then some assets. So that would be my guess on the framework of what the deal would be. It would be a Clarkson or Sexton, a Linick and Horton Tucker because you need their salaries. And then their assets would be one of our either most recent draft picks or Ochai or both, and then some of our draft picks. So let me, before we get into that, that's part three, let's get into this. Dame Lillard, Jordan Clarkson, Lowry Markinen, John Collins, how good is that team? Let me say it again. How good would Lillard, Clarkson, Lowry, Collins, and Kessler be? Where do you think that starting five would rank in the Western Conference? Your bench is limited. You've traded Ochai, you've traded Sexton, you've traded Taylor Horton Tucker. You've traded Olenek. So you're, this, is, this is your five. Lillard, Clarkson, Lowry, Collins, Kessler. Like that's to compete. Is that championship level? Because Ryan and Danny have been really consistent on what the goal here is. Their goal is to win a championship. The fans' goal, it's very clear to me, the fans' goal when I look at whatever conversation, please, is to compete and be really good and highly entertaining. On a night, We have not all decided that we're okay with just going like all-in championship and the pain that comes with that. To me, that's an interesting little mix that we're not all the way there. So answer the question for me. Chat room is great if you're on YouTube or send it to me on Twitter if you can actually get on. Lillard, Clarkson, Lowry, Collins, Kessler, how good is that? Where's that rank in the West? Is it better than Denver? Probably not. Better than SAC? Better than Memphis? Better than the Lakers? Better than the Clippers? 
And again, our bench is Taylor Hendricks is now playing a bunch. Keontae George, if he's still on the team, one of those two is not, probably. Bryce Sensabaugh probably has to play a little. Right? You're limited. On what other Fontecchio is suddenly a rotation player. Maybe Johnny Juzang is. Like, you're, you're, you're thin. You have a 40... $5 million player, you're thin. So the first question is, you know, Dame's contract. Are you willing to do that? Second question is, how good are you? Here's the third question. And this answers, how many assets are you actually willing to give up? Like, what are the assets you're actually willing to give up? Like, if when I suddenly said you're giving up either Ochai or Keontae, say, you, say you're not giving up Taylor Hendricks, maybe you're giving up Taylor Hendricks. And by the way, I just want to remind everyone on this. Every time we do this game, Taylor Norton Tucker just gets slipped aside. Taylor Norton Tucker is younger than Ochai Abaji. And I'm a huge Ochai Abaji fan. It is also worth noting that, like, I don't know that the Ochai Abaji, like, is guaranteed and done. In the last 20 games when he started, he shot 39% from the field and 33% from three. Like, we pushed him way beyond where he'd been, and that's why. And that's fine. But, like, Taylor Norton Tucker's last 20 games were pretty impressive. And he's younger than Ochai Abaji. And yet, if you, like, listen to all of his talk, one of them's a highly sought-after prospect, and the other's just kind of there. I I don't think that's fair to Taylor. And I actually don't think it's fair to Ochai that, like, it's guaranteed done that he's all good. So now the next question is, considering whether what you think of the contract and how good you think we'd actually be, how many of those assets are you willing? Do you, if you think this is championship caliber, then you're willing to go in with your assets here. If you think this is just mid-level Western Conference, fourth or fifth, how many of the Jazz assets are you willing to give up? Because the scary thing about giving up assets is what happens when you need one to go get the real championship guy in a few years, and then all of a sudden you don't have it. Now that's, you can't live that life forever because that might never come out. You might not, you got to use them at some point. You can't, with the new collective argument, we'll get into this later in the week. You cannot continue to just be drafting players. You're not going to be able to sign all of them. It's just the way this new agreement works. You're going to have to make decisions. So drafting 13 players is not going to be advantageous to us at all. All right. I want your thoughts, your comments. Should the Utah Jazz make the move for Dame Lillard after that breakdown, that three-part look at how it all is with Dame? Should to Dame or not to Dame? That is the question. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4640, excuse me, Murdoch. Well, yeah, Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street, also located in Logan and in Linden. The Murdoch car, absolutely remarkable. In the what the Hyundai is able to do for you with the bells and whistles that you get uh, for the dollar, there's actually nothing better. So what I would tell you is if you're looking for a car right now, at least include Hyundai. Maybe it's not something you naturally thought you were going to do. Include Hyundai, look at it, and then you can decide. Do you want to, is that the feel you have? Do you want to be driving the Ionic 6, which is the car of the year? Do you want to be driving the Motor Trend SUV of the year, Ionic 5? Do you like the way the Santa Fe looks, the Palisade or the Tucson? You decide that, but at least check it out because for the dollar, there's just nothing that gets you more bells, more whistles, more quality, more safety features than Hyundai. And do it with the Murdochs. 
Get the No Regrets experience at either Lyndon Logan or at 4646 South State Street. And please email me first so we can make sure that you get the Locked On VIP experience. Email me at dlock09 at gmail.com. Today's show is also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks, get in on the fun. Whether it's Major League Baseball, WNBA, whatever it might be this time of year, you can do it with golf. You could have bet it for Ricky yesterday. You could have put the little uh, entry in on Ricky yesterday. As you pick two to six players to go score more or less than your prize pick projections, you can win up to 25 times your money. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections, prize picks. Any sport you can possibly imagine. Entries are made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Safe and fast and easy withdrawals and currently operational in over 30 states. Download the PrizePix app and go to prizepix.com to sign up for your daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a $100 instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, you get $50. It's all at PrizePix. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Thanks so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. Thank you so much to everyone who may, is a everydayer out there joining us each and every day. So I told you on Monday that John Collins' deal would look better when we did free agency. By the way, um, Friday's show was a pretty good indicator of what was going to happen in free agency. Um I do want to give a shout out to Nate Duncan, Dan Feldman, Kevin Pelton. Um, I did. I, I listened to their mock offseason. I actually would say I think it helped my prep a great deal. So uh, a tip of the hat to them. Um, so the Jazz signed John Collins for a three-year, $25 million deal with a player option. That's really like, did the Jazz do anything in free agency? The answer is yes. They signed John Collins with their cap space to a three-year, $25 million a year deal with a player option for the third year. That's literally what they did. So Kyle Kuzma signed a four-year deal for $102 million. Jeremy Grant signed a five-year deal for $160. Jeremy Grant's probably a little bit better than John Collins. Kyle Kuzma, I'm not sure if he's better than John Collins. I love Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma can go get me a bucket and probably win me a game late over... Um, John Collins, but he also like takes a million shots and shoots 33% from three um, and scored 21 points a game on a bad team last year. So I'm a little flummoxed on what I really think on Kyle. I, I'm a, I'm a Kyle Kuzma believer. Like I think if you gave Kyle Kuzma, I always thought if you gave Kyle Kuzma more that he would um, answer the bell. And then last year was kind of iffy in that regard. Um, so I'm not entirely sure where I am on, on Kyle Kuzma and, on that. So John Collins, Kyle Kuzma, I'll let you have your own personal preference on who you think is a better player, but that's the market. The market is now for like John part of the John Collins thing was you were taking a depressed asset on a bad contract. I actually now think you're just taking him on a contract for a guy who plays 31 minutes a night, like John Collins did last year um, or 30 minutes a night last year, 31 the year before, like, 25 million is now the going rate. 20 to 22 to 28 million seems to be a starter. Over 30 seems to be an elite starter. So you can decide whether you think Jeremy Grant's an elite starter. Over 40 is a star. Kyrie got 126. And then the extensions are all in the 50s. That's, and then bench players are getting 10 to 15. Like, 
That's the new salary structure of the NBA. And so the Jazz used their cap space to do two things. One, they got John Collins. And two, they signed Jordan Clarkson. And so Jordan Clarkson, they did it in a unique manner in which Jordan Clarkson opted in. Jazz used the remaining cap, are going to use their remaining cap space, if I understand this correctly, to bump up his salary this year. And then it's going to decrease into a much more tradable asset as time goes on. I think it can decrease as much as 40% the first year, and then it's a little less after that. And he signed a three-year $55 million deal, which is 18 a year, which is under value for a starter. So that's a pretty good contract. Um, and he picked up a $14 million option, and he ends up, you know, by the time this deal is done, he's now making 18 a year. So it was worth it for him to pick up his option. This one, honestly, really surprises me. Really, really surprises me. I did not think we were re-signing Jordan Clarkson. This, to me, much more than the John Collins deal, says to me the Jazz are trying to compete this year. The John Collins deal, like you were picking up an asset for nothing, you were using your cap space, and frankly, you had to get to the 90% threshold. You kind of had to do that deal. And the way the league in the new collective bargaining agreement is that every team has to use 90% of their salary cap means having a just depleted, not very good roster that wins 26 games just isn't going to exist anymore. It, the, the league, the Players Association and the league have negotiated a deal which is eliminating mass spenders. The, the penalties on being a big-time spender are seriously legitimate. And the number two part is you just can't have a depleted roster with no salary on it anymore, like Oklahoma City has the last few years, or even San Antonio last year. So this is the deal that says to me the Jazz are trying to compete. And we'll discuss as the week goes on, like, how good are we in the West? I'm a little confused, actually. Sometimes I can be a little negative and think everyone else is better, so I have to be a little careful on this. I actually just think the margin might be super thin as well. But I'm surprised the Jazz re-signed Jordan Clarkson <clears throat> because I thought, again, Clarkson's presence might be incongruent with the development of young players. I'm assuming Jor Jordan Clarkson's going to play 28 to 30 minutes a night. He makes us better. There's no question. We have to have him from a standpoint of trying to win. He creates shots. He can make plays. He can score it. We don't have a lot of guys that do it. I just talked about Ochai in the last 20 starts. When we opened it up for Ochai, he shot 39% from the field and 33% from three. Like, if we're suddenly relying on him to do a lot of scoring, it doesn't seem like he's quite ready for that. He may never be, frankly. That might not be his role. I, I would be super surprised, actually, if he's a 15 to 20-point-a-game scorer in his NBA career. Fabulous player. Really good. But I don't think that's what he's going to be. So... You really need Jordan if you're trying to compete. And the so that's, but I also was one who thought 26 was a real possibility this year on wins when we talked about 26, 36, and 46. And part of it was that I thought Jordan was going to move on so that Ochai, whoever we drafted, could all get time. And that clearly is not where we are. Now, this is a tradable contract. And that's the other thing the Jazz have done this week. They now have a plethora of tradable contracts. And when you talk about flexibility, the one thing they didn't have, even around the draft, 
was when Charlotte and Portland were talking about deals, we didn't have players. But you now can trade John Collins at 25 million. Collins Sexton's at 17. Jordan's going to be at a bigger number right now. He's at 15. But we just talked about his ballpark. Linux at 12. Taylor Horton Tucker's at 11. So those are all multiple movable contracts, depending what you need to do. Now we have don't have any con. We do not um, have any cap space really. And I believe when you go under the cap, we've lost some of our other flexibility. We, we have to go under the cap to do the Jordan Clarkson deal. Kind of had to go under the cap to do the John Collins deal too. So we were under the cap. Um, but that's what we did. The other one on Jordan Clarkson, and I, I never know on these things, what is the value in the message that it sends to the rest of the NBA that Jordan Clarkson just signed an extension here and didn't say, oh, I'm not playing in Utah? Like, how much does that matter? And what will be the, will there be a long, lingering, positive after effect to the fact that Jordan Clarkson just decided, hey, actually, I'm up for staying in Utah. I want to be in Utah. And I want to be a part of this. And I like it here. I like the new owner. All those kind of things. I, I think that's part of the play, by the way, by the Jazz here, is maybe a little branding play. That there is some important messaging going on that, that the Jazz... You know that that says to the jet that says to the league, "Hey, I wanna, I wanna stay in Utah and be a part of it." All right, summer league, and do we need a point guard? Those are the next questions to be discussed today on Locked On Jazz. Thanks very much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. Next, Locked On NBA reviewing all the big stories, free agent signings. All the rest that took place in the NBA. Who in the West got better? Who took a step back? I think it just did this. We'll talk about it this week. That'll be one of our topics throughout the week as we talk about things. But I do think that it just went. And if you're listening, what voop means is the top came down and the bottom moved up. Houston's good. San Antonio's probably the one team that isn't good. And if Victor's great, then San Antonio just got good really fast. So we'll talk about it some more. So do we need a point guard? What is the modern NBA role of a point guard? As I said on Friday, it was an interesting line in the middle of the uh, article by um, Tony Jones in The Athletic that kind of said Justin Zanuck, Will Hardy, don't really believe in the the old school Mike Conley, Chris Paul point guard. So I've been preaching this for a long time on this show that I think the 6'1 guard is a dinosaur. So I completely agree that the 6'1 guard, unless they are Trey Young or Donovan Mitchell, is out of the league. You're just too small and everyone's switching. So the next question is 
what is a point guard in the NBA? And it might be Amon Thompson. It might be Cason Wallace at 6'3". It might be Anthony Black at 6'8". We'll see. So I do kind of feel as though there's this like piece of the puzzle that's this, like who is, what is a point guard? Now, the next aspect of this is what do the Jazz need as a point guard? And can Taylor Horton Tucker, I mean, we're really, if, or Jordan Clarkson or Colin Sexton be that point guard? You've got to have somebody. I, I just am going to believe this to the dying day. You've got to have somebody who's feeling the game in a manner that's team-centric and not just yourself. That was the beauty of Mike Conley, is that Mike Conley felt the game for other people. I don't think that Talon, Colin, or Jordan do that yet. Jordan might be the best of the three. Maybe Jordan's our point guard. Talon and Colin are trying to develop the skill, but they do not feel the game for their teammates. They are not aware if Ochai Abaji has run up and down the floor four times without touching the ball. They are not aware if Walker Kessler is not engaged. I mean, this is what happened to Colin in Cleveland. Like, it's, he had the worst assist to usage rate of any guard in the NBA for two years in a row. And his teammates like revolted on him in Cleveland when he was a rookie. He just not that it's just like, it's just not what his game is. He tried and got way better at it last year. There's no question. So to me, you know, whatever a point guard is, you need a facilitator. You need a leader. You need someone who's holding it together. You need someone who's thinking of others instead of themselves. And you need an organizer. And that's probably a six foot four, six foot six, six foot. Maybe it's Kelly Olenek, who's probably coming off the bench. Like if we're starting Taylor Horton Tucker, Jordan Clarkson, Lowry Markin, and John Collins and Walker Kessler, who's moving the basketball? Who passes? Who? Who is? getting us collected when the other team has scored three straight possessions or in the midst of a 7-0 run and we really have got to execute. Who's that guy? That's what I still think you need. And when it's 95 night or now 105-105 with five left and the game comes down to slows itself down, then I do think you need somebody. And... We're lacking that right now. Now, on the other end, I didn't really see where we did it, right? Like I was, like I brought up D'Angelo Russell because I knew his market was going to drop. But it wasn't that I actually thought that I liked D'Angelo Russell. Like I tried to be pretty clear on Friday that like D'Angelo Russell's got a mixed bag of how people feel about him. Like Minnesota wanted off of him. The Lakers have re-signed him for more than actually I think he needed to get paid. I think his market was totally dead. But it was an interesting concept because he does do all the things I just said. He somewhat organizes, does these. He's also mercurial. So we'll see. Monty Morris was a player we talked about an awful lot, but that was going to cost you Taylor Horton Tucker dollars-wise. Like, that was the trade. Like, you're trading Colin Sexton or Taylor Horton Tucker for Monty Morris. Like, eh, not so sold on doing that. Like, again, I've mentioned this a time and time and time again, but Taylor Horton Tucker is one of our young pieces. Like, if you're going to talk about young pieces on this roster that have a chance to develop 
and do things, Taylor Horton Tucker has to be a part of that conversation. Taylor Horton Tucker is 22 years old and on opening night this year. Ochai Abaji is 23 years old today. Well, I mean, 47 days ago, but he's today. We're 74 days ago. Right? So Taylor Horton Tucker has to be a part of that conversation. We're talking about our young pieces to our puzzle and, and, and what they're going to be if you believe in Taylor Horton Tucker. And Taylor Horton Tucker has every skill in the book, defensive length other than shooting. It's not great finishing at the rim. He's wildly inefficient with an effective field goal percentage of 47% when the league's over 52. And he's a 29% three-point shooter. Okay. So you could decide you're done. I'm not sure I would advise that. And the interesting one on Taylor Horton Tucker is post-All-Star break, that three-point shooting percentage went to 32%, and he averaged 18 points, five rebounds, and six assists. I mean, simultaneously, by the way, to Ochai Abaji going 39-33, Taylor Horton Tucker went 43-32 with 18 points, five rebounds, and six assists a game. Now, are those related because we didn't have a point guard? Uh, fair question. So do we need a point guard? I think this is going to be a really long question for, you know, kind of an extended period of time. All right, Summer League tonight on radio as well as KJS TV and NBA TV. By the way, how do I get my Samsung TV to read my antenna so that I can go get KJS TV because I'm a streamer and so I don't have KJS because it doesn't stream. So last yesterday I spent all this time hooking up the coaxial cable into a little thing, and then I can't figure out how to get my TV to actually read that there's this new antenna on the TV, and so it's not working. And at this point, when those things don't work, the only thing I feel is old. Okay. Now, I do not think we're seeing Bright Sensabaugh, sounds like, and I'm not sure we're seeing Taylor Hendricks. So it's really Keontae George and Ochai Abaji in the backcourt, which should be super fun to watch. Um, and to see how that goes. And then I think the one, you know, Johnny Juzang is going to get some time. Samanich is going to get some time. Micah Potter. I think the one kid that might be an interesting kind of watch from a jazz standpoint is this kid out of DePaul, Nick Agunda. I think that's how you pronounce it. Agenda. He only played eight games this last year for the ball. He's fourth all-time in block shots. He averaged three block shots a game. He was a top 50 recruit out of high school. And he's a really good instinctual shot blocker. It's 6'11", 230. He's 22 years old. These guys are all so old because they all played four and five years of college now. Um, and really an interesting, interesting uh, player. And... Um, I think that's, I think that's an, I think that's uh I think that's, no, I think it's really, it's, it's watching Ochai, it's watching Keontae, uh, more than anything else on this. Um, Joey Hauser's lynching his brother, Sam Hauser plays for the Celtics. He was the number two in true shooting percentage in the big 10, best free throw shooter in the big 10, 42% college three point shooter last year was 46% spent four years at Michigan state and a year at Marquette. So he's a little interesting as well. All right, that is Locked on Jazz today. Thanks so much for tuning in. Appreciate it. See you at the arena. Listen in. Ron and I will be on radio, and you can watch on KJS. Talk to you soon.